Everyone loves a good family mystery, especially one with as many twists and turns as June's journey. Step into the role of June Parker and search for hidden clues to uncover the mystery of her sister's murder. Find hidden clues and uncover a murder mystery. Solve mind-teasing mysteries of the Roaring Twenties. Engage your sense of observation to find hidden clues. Search for hidden objects from the parlors of New York to the sidewalks of Paris and uncover a collection of dazzling hidden object spectacles for you to solve. We're all here because we love true crime, right? Well, this game has the perfect twists and turns to keep your brain asking, what happened here? There's nothing I love more than getting to decorate my very own luxurious state island. The best part? You can chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Black Girl Gone Afterthoughts. I, of course, am your host, Amara, and I am here with my husband and my co-host, Jason. What's going on, y'all? So, we're back this week with a uh, another Afterthoughts. We covered the story of Yasmin Acri, who was a 15-year-old girl from Chicago, Illinois, who went missing on January 15, 2008. Um, and so, if you listen to this week's story, you know that the details of Yasmin's story were really um, hard to listen to, and they were really frustrating. It was a really frustrating story to tell because of all of the failures that took place in her life, in her really, really short life. But I think before we get into this week's episode, or I should say this week's afterthoughts about um, Yasmin's story, we really can't do that without talking about the events of the past week regarding Carly Russell. Yeah. Um, and so um, if you are not familiar with Carly's story, if you're not somebody who's on the Internet, and I know everybody's not on social media, and this has been a very big story on social media. Um, but if you're not familiar with Carly's story, Carly uh, went missing. Carly Russell went missing last Thursday, January, uh, January, um, January, July 13th, uh, 2023. And I became familiar with her story pretty much the next day when people began tagging me in the um, in the news stories about her disappearance. So the story was that Carly um, had gone to uh, a rest, had left work, gone to pick up some food and was on her way home when she reported seeing a toddler on the uh, interstate on I-459 in Hoover, Alabama. And she 
calls 911 to report that she saw a toddler on the side of the road. Um, and 911 says, you know, they're going to send a police officer to the scene. Um, and then Carly, according to the initial reporting, calls her sister-in-law and tells her sister-in-law the same thing, that she sees this toddler on the road and that she's going to pull over. And the entire time she's on the phone with her sister-in-law. Her sister-in-law says that she, at some point, Carly gets out of the car and she can hear her ask, you know, is the toddler okay? Now, her sister-in-law doesn't report hearing anything, um, you know, in response. But what she says is that the next thing that she hears is Carly's scream. And then the line doesn't go dead, but the phone basically stays on. And all she can really hear is the background noise from the freeway. Right. Um, Her family, you know, after that, um, you know, calls 911 reports her missing. But a few minutes after Carly's car pulls over to the side and she disappears, a police officer pulls up behind her car. They find her wig on the ground, a hat. uh, Inside the car is her purse with her Apple Watch, her, you know, personal information. And so, you know, once this story gets out and everybody kind of hears about it, it becomes, um, it goes viral. The story goes viral. I shared it. Several other people shared it. Um, you know, news outlets. It, it just it just became big. And then social media caught on. And I think part of the reason why people were so, um, you know, the story caught so many people's attention was because of the details of the story. You know, the toddler on the freeway, um, the potential abduction, you know, the fact that this could have been anybody. You know, I think that was one of the things that was a reoccurring thing in the comments when this story first was like, that would have been me. I would have pulled over too if yeah. I saw Because most of us would have. Like, yeah. there's not very many people that wouldn't have pulled over had they seen a toddler wandering on a freeway. You yeah, know what I mean? definitely. Um, and so, so many of us could relate to being put in that situation. And it was scary to hear that possibly a, a young black woman pulled over on the side of the road to help a baby and then someone came out of the shadows and abducted her. So I completely understand why this story got so much attention. Um, but what ended up happening is two days after Carly um, was reported missing and, and the story kind of caught fire, uh, she returned home. Just all of a sudden, she returned to her home on foot. Um, and I think that's when people started to try to, you know, the the, the um, suspicion and the questions about her story really started to happen because people... Um, number one, you know, are not used to missing per- people returning in the way that Carly is reported to have returned. Just kind of, especially in a story, this type of story, which mm-hmm. got so much exposure. Exactly, right. exactly. Which in and of itself is rare, and I'll talk about that a little bit later. But you know, we're just going to recap the story. But yeah, so she she comes back to her house, um, and like I said, so that's when the um, questions and the and the suspicion about her story started to come to light. Um, The fact that there wasn't very much information coming out from her family, which a lot of people understood at the time because they're like, you know, this was a traumatic situation. If if Carly was kidnapped and she was with an abductor for 48 hours, she rightly would be, you know, uh, traumatized. And so it would make sense that we know, give the family some time. But unfortunately... In this situation, even from the beginning, it started to um, create a cloud of suspicion over the situation. Um, her family ended up doing, uh, her, her parents ended up doing a interview with the Today Show a few, a, a day ago. Um, also, 
didn't really help in kind of squashing the um, theories that Carly was making this up. And then today, um, well, we're recording this on Wednesday. So today, um, the police did it, the investigators did a press conference and they released a lot more information about Carly's um, disappearance. And um, some of the things that they revealed involved um, how long she traveled when she was on the phone with 911. They said she traveled about the length of six football fields while she was uh, supposedly trailing this toddler that she saw on the side of the road. They revealed um, her movements um, in the day prior to her disappearance, uh, the fact that she had allegedly taken items from her job, a robe, toilet paper, um, that she had gone to Target um, and purchased Cheez-Its and a granola bar. Um, and then they also revealed, um, which I think is kind of one of the, like, I guess, bombshells of the case, is her internet searches prior to her going missing. She searched things about how much does an Amber Alert cost, yeah. um, about stealing, about taking money from a register. Um, she um, apparently looked up a bus ticket, uh, th- things like that, right? So now uh, the internet is in a frenzy. And right. they're calling her Carly Smollett. And yeah. um, people are angry. People are, you know, rightly angry. Um, and, you know, it's just it's just been a lot of uh, talk on the internet. And so I know as, as someone who covers Black girls and women who are missing and, you know, in true crime as a podcaster, I know a lot of people who listen to this show um, we're interested to th- to see how to see what I think about this case and um, you know my opinion. So my opinion, <laughs> just to let you guys know, you know, I think this is a complicated case. I don't like to get on social media and and do a lot of talking on social media because it, it just sometimes it's like social media becomes like an echo chamber. Like you know, people are um, you know things are taken out of context. Um, it's it just, I, it's just too much for me as well, in my uh, position yeah. to want to get into the, 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 you know, I don't want to call it mudslinging because in this case, you know, people, as far as we know, were the ones who doubted it were, were right. But, you know, I just don't want to get into those conversations on social media, but I do have feelings about it. Obviously, how could I not? Right. And, and I think that, um, when you say we're right just um basically alluding to the fact that um of course all the facts are still coming out but you know it looks different from what um people expected it to be and you know i i understand that yeah. um i mean my biggest thing and my biggest reflection from the from the whole situation is that um for every one story that might be like this and turn out like this is a whole bunch of other stories that <laughs> that didn't turn out like this. Yeah, so I mean, and I think that's I went, my that's really my only sentiment. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I went through. I think I, I went through the same range of emotions that everyone is going through. I think that yes, it's important that we understand that number one, uh, the investigation is still ongoing, according to the police. That's what they said in the press conference. That this is still an open investigation. They're still trying to get to the bottom of what happened. Um, what they have said is that they haven't found evidence to support Carly's story. Um, but 
I think it's also important to note that the police haven't outright said that they believe this is a hoax and that she made the entire thing up. I think that they presented what they know at this point. I think what they know and what they presented to the public looks bad. Right. Um, and I think that it, um, you know, the people who, like I said, who who feel like, oh, they were bamboozled and they were lied to. I think that what we know so far leans more towards that than that she was abducted. Like right. I said, I preface that by saying that we are still waiting for the the results of the full investigation to find out exactly what happened to Carly. Something happened, whether it was on her own volition or not, something happened. And the police will get to the bottom of it and they will, they will figure it out and they will probably end up um, telling us because there's so much public interest in the story. But when it comes to my opinion about this, I think that, you know... <sighs> I think it's I think it's unfortunate. Like I said, if if what we're if the facts that we're getting right now, um, you know, hold up, and this was not an abduction after all, um, then it's then it is it's sad. It's yeah. disappointing because you know, as someone who covers these stories and knows that there are so many m- missing Black women out there who don't get this type of attention, it is you know for lack of a better word, effed up that this story ended up getting so much attention all for it to not be true, if that's the case. Right. Um, to me, you know, I, I've seen a lot of commentary about, well, this diminishes um, our stories. This is why people don't care. The next time a black woman goes missing, nobody's going to share it or nobody's going to care. I, I get the sentiment and I know where that's coming from. I think as someone who has been doing this for two and a half years, I don't think that that matters. I think that, yeah, of course, you know, they're always going to look for an excuse not to care, but they weren't caring before. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. people weren't caring or sharing these stories before. Now, like I said, it is unfortunate that this story became the story that went viral and made it to CNN and, and all of that. Um, but it, it to me, it's not... It's not a stain. My thing is, if you weren't going to, if you, if you were, if you're going to use the Carly Russell um, situation to make excuses the next time you see a black woman go missing, then that was always within you. That was always in you. That you didn't need Carly to go missing for you to be like, well, I don't really care. You didn't really care anyway, because your job is not to um, dissect every situation. If someone is missing, first of all, People don't self-report themselves missing, right? Carly didn't call the police and report herself missing. Even if she concocted a whole situation that made it look like she was missing, her family reported her missing, right? Because wouldn't you report your loved one missing? We have children. You you know, those who are listening, you have children. If the if this exact same circumstances happened to you, wouldn't you do... I would turn heaven and earth. I don't care what's going on with my child. I don't care if they left on their own. I don't care if they're having a psychotic... Break. I don't care what's going on. Find my child because that's how I would be. Yeah. And most parents would be that way. So you can't, you know what I mean? So I'd be that way. You, you, exa- be exactly. That way. So uh, the, the reporting of her missing, that's just what any 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 family would do in this situation. The fact that it caught on and it went viral and all those things, those are things that um I don't think that even Carly could have predicted, even if this was her full intention. I don't think she could have ever predicted that CNN yeah. would pick up this story. You but know I, I think, mean? you know, um, I think on another note, I think it's also, you know, very pow- powerful how uh, the word was able to spread. And 
uh, information was able to get out there. And maybe this was a, you know, an, just another practice run. But I, I, I think it was positive mm-hmm. that, you know, you know, everybody and, and including larger media outlets. Yeah, you know, I think it was a, yeah. A, a, at yeah. least got on board and and f- f- felt the urgency. Yeah. You know, I think that's one positive. I think thing. that's what, you know, and and that's yeah. what all of these cases need. You know what I mean? They need that type of attention. Yeah. Unfortunately, they don't get that type of attention. Nope. Um, but like I said, you know, I think that the, the 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 Carly Russell situation is a very unfortunate situation. Um, personally, I don't feel like it puts a stain on whether or not people care about missing black women because it, they weren't caring about missing black women like that before. They, they they just particularly cared about this story, and that's because it had all of the correct elements. I get, you know what I mean? Like, right. who knows? Nobody can ever say what what it was that made this story catch on. Right. You know, I was thinking about when I was processing this whole situation, I was thinking about how just a few months ago, um, I shared the story of Kijera Fracy, who's missing from Beaumont, California, who was nine months pregnant, who was still missing. And that story has gotten no attention. Right. And I mean, no attention. Right. And so you can't, like that, that, those are the things that's like, is is hard to understand because they're literally right now are missing black women who need this attention. Sure and the, the 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 thing that I have, you know, and somebody said this. Somebody mentioned me in a post, and I saw uh, a woman saying this, and she was basically saying like, people are in some ways on a high horse about this. Like, well, I cared about this, and da, 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 da. okay, I could understand your frustration about this situation. But how many other black women who are missing have you shared this year? You know what I mean? Like, this is not your mission. You don't do this for a living. You just caught on to something that was popular because it was popular and it was hard to ignore. And sometimes when that happens, people hop on bandwagons. People, you know, they done seen it 10 times on their timeline. You may have made a comment. But you know what I mean? Like, there are other black women out there that still need your attention. And my thing is, if you feel this passionate about it, then use that attend, use that energy and find someone else that is that is still missing. You know what I mean? Like, like I said, Kajara Fracy and her family could use this attention. This woman, you talk about, you know, people were concerned about the toddler on the side of the road. Well, Kajara's pregnant with a baby in her belly, and she was nine months pregnant. Yeah. And now she's she couldn't possibly still be nine months pregnant. So where are her and her baby? You know what I mean? Let's like we could literally put this same energy into that. I know her family would be grateful. You know what I mean? Like, so there's so much, you know, there, there's so many stories. You know, if you obviously listen to Black Girl Gone, then you know that. You know that there are a bunch of these stories. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I, you know, I can say I hope that this will make people, you know, look at other. I, I don't think it will. Because like I said, I think that there are certain reasons why this story um, caught people's attention. Um, and... You know, so we'll see what happens in the future. But, you know, I think it, I think it's unfortunate. I really, um, I hope that whatever <clears throat> happened to Carly, uh, whatever she is going through and dealing with, I hope that, you know, that that gets handled. You know what I mean? Because yeah. if she did make all of this up, if she did plan all of this, um, then there's obviously something wrong with her because that takes, the, that's a lot. It's yeah. a lot to do. It's a lot to do. 
um, for whatever reason. And there had to have been a reason, even if it was something that we can't understand. There had to have been a reason. Um, so, you know. Yeah, well, uh, thank you for giving us some insight on um, how you feel about that story. And, you know, um, we're going to continue to keep people posted on um, what's going on in that case. But let's get to uh, this week's story, uh, which is the story of Yasmin Acri went missing in 2008 and still has not been found. Um, so give me a recap. Yeah, so Yasmin was a 15-year-old girl who was living in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, she had been adopted by her aunt, Rose. Her mom, Joyce, was um, addicted to drugs, and so her and her brother, Demarcus, had been taking fr- taken from her when uh, they were just toddlers. Uh, they moved around from foster home to foster home to group home, um, during which they suffered a lot of abuse, um, both physical and sexual. Uh, eventually, they landed with a family who lived in uh, uh, lived on a farm in Kentucky, but their mother wanted them to be raised by family, and so they were taken from that situation and moved to Chicago to live with their Aunt Rose. Um, they were eventually adopted by her in 2006, but Yasmin had a lot of issues um, from the abuse that she suffered. Uh, rightly so. And so, you know, they recommended that she had, you know, intensive therapy and that she, you know, stay away from other children and, you know, and just, you know, and and adults to protect her from, you know, further abuse. Um, but, um, you know, fast forward to 2008, January the 15th, uh, Rose had gone to a casino with her daughter um, in an Elgin, Illinois, and basically left Yasmin by herself. Um, Yasmin came home from school that day. Um, well, she went to the Y after school, came home from the Y that that night. Her aunt's living boyfriend, who was running a room in the duplex that her aunt owned, was there, but her aunt wasn't there. Um, Yasmin did laundry, and then she went to bed. The next morning, when the boyfriend woke up, he noticed that the back door had been uh, forced in. And the padlock that was on the gate was broken, and Yasmin was gone. Um, when her aunt got home from the casino, she thought at first that Yasmin was at school. But uh, when Yasmin didn't come home, she reported Yasmin missing. And uh, when police came, they basically um, made the assumption that Yasmin was a runaway, and they didn't collect any evidence. They didn't even take the broken padlock with them. Um, and... You know, there was a lot of backlash. Um, they did, after the fact, admit that they had made some mistakes, but then they did, you know, try to do an investigation, but by then it was too late. Um, <clears throat> and then um, a year after Yasmin goes missing, a year and a half after her, Yasmin goes missing, her aunt finally admits that a man by the name of Jimmy Terrell Smith had at one point lived in her duplex um, and had taken an inappropriate interest in Yasmin. The thing about Jimmy Terrell Smith was that he had recently been arrested for the kidnapping and rape of four other um, young women and girls. Um, But that information came a year and a half really too late. And the investigation never really went anywhere. Um, They spoke to Jimmy Smith. He, um, we don't know what he told police, but he did tell the Chicago Tribune that he knew what happened to Yasmin. 
Unfortunately, here we are 15 years later and Yasmin has not been found. So, um, yeah, there was a lot in that story. You know what I mean? Like there was a, there was a lot in that story, but it was kind of hard to recap without kind of hitting those important details about the story. Um, so yeah, that's, that was the, the, the story of Yasmin Acri. It was a, it was a tough one this week. Like I said, you know, I I feel like I say that every week, but it's every week is a tough one, baby. It's yeah. a tough one. Um, this story had some different elements though. I, you know, especially for someone, for me who is just um, diving into doing stories of teenagers and, and children. This was the first time that I told a story that had the elements of the children being removed from their mother, the drug addiction, the uh, the abuse at a very, very young age. I've never had a story um, like this before. Yeah. That, you know, that leads me into the discussion about the, the aunt. You know what I mean? I think a lot of people... Um, who listened to this it, this episode took a lot of issue with Aunt Rose. And like I said in the episode, if you listen to me and you listen to Afterthoughts and you listen to the episodes, you know I I give people grace. You know what I mean? I give people a lot of grace because um, I feel like, but for the grace of God, go I. You know what I mean? So I try to give people a lot of grace, especially in this situation, especially in situations where I don't know what happened. I couldn't, how could I possibly know? I'm just reading this story 15 years later. You know what I mean? Um, And so I don't know what was going on with Aunt Rose. But like I said in the episode, I think that it's obvious, not only from the things that DeMarcus said, but also from the things that Rose herself said, that she wasn't 100% equipped with the tools that were needed to take care of children who had as deep issues as um, Yasmin at least had. You know what I mean? I don't know what kind of issues DeMarcus had. I'm sure he had issues because he was in the same situation. Um, But I don't have information from reporting about, you know, what therapists said about him. But I do have that about Yasmin. And so we know that this little girl have been dealing with a lot of things. There were, you know, for a for therapists to recommend that she not be left alone with other children is significant. That's a significant. I've never even heard of such a thing that a child be recommended not to be alone with alone with other children because she had issues with boundaries. They definitely recommended that she not be alone with other adults to protect her from abuse because they're there from from what I could gather from the reporting is that she just had issues with boundaries and that she would allow herself to be in vulnerable situations or even um, because of her uh, abuse may even initiate inappropriate situations. You know what I mean? That's what I, that's what I got from him. But all of this stems from her being a, uh, from her, the time she was a toddler, at least until the time she was at least six years old when Uh, she ended up with the Keithleys being abused during a very significant part of her life after yeah. being taken from her drug addicted mother and then we don't even know the things that she saw and was um you know subjected to when she was with with her mother so you ha- so you have all of these um really sad things about Yasmin her life her upbringing um you know and like i said speaking 
you know, going back to the whole situation with Rose is that she just didn't, I don't, she just didn't have it, right? So when these kids come to her house, she admits to the Chicago Tribune that she was reluctant at first to take these kids in because I'm pretty sure that she could assume that they had issues based on what she, whatever she knew about their background, right? So she's reluctant to take the kids in, but she takes them in anyway because they're family. And, you know, the first thing that I found odd was that the children lived in the basement. You know what I mean? Like, that to me automatically was like, you know what I mean? Like, you're dealing with kids who have been unloved and neglected and abused and you put them in the basement. And from what DeMarcus described about the basement, it's like, there's no windows. They didn't get any sunlight. You know what I mean? And so that was, to me, was was, was questionable in her actions about the kids. Um... We already discussed, you know, the, 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 the beatings, the spankings, you know, the corporal punishment, whatever you want to call it, um, of the children. The fact that she would lock them in the basement, that part to me was, um, was really, really cruel. Like, that's really cruel. Like, yeah. Who locks children in a basement? Like, yeah, I saw bro. some, like, some you know definitely mean? I saw comments about, yeah. you know, locking and, the kid in the basement. And Rose's excuse is that, you know, she's trying to protect Yasmin. She's trying to protect the other ch- children. She doesn't want every, she doesn't want people to know about Jasmine, Yasmin. And I'm like, yeah, no, like I, I doesn't, you know, I could understand you not letting her wander the streets or because first of all, she's not allowed to let be alone with other children. I can see yeah. the protection of her and the protection of other children. I don't understand locking a child in the basement. That's the part where the line get drawn for me. Like you locking her in the basement, you locking them in the basement. Um, so so that we, you know, and it's like so like I said, we talked about the 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 the, the punishment. Um but when it comes to uh, the time that Yasmin went missing, the things that bother me, and I'm sure this bothered the people that listening, that were listening about um, Rose's choices during that time. Number one, I'm pretty sure that, you know, like I said, I don't know what was exactly going on with Yasmin at this time, but issues, the issues that, like I said, are being described in the reporting about Yasmin um, are not issues that would have just gone away. And so by the time that she's 15, she is just, you know, completely 100%, you know, okay. So the fact that Rose makes the decision to go to the casino and leave Yasmin alone is, you know, that that was a questionable move for me because... You have a 15-year-old girl who's you essentially leave alone in the house with another. First of all, you leave her with another man. This is a this is a person, a child, not a person, a child who is vulnerable to being molested and being sexually exploited and being taken advantage of. And you decide to leave her alone in the home with your boyfriend, quote unquote. So that bothered me. The other thing that I I was thinking about is how I didn't notice in any of the reporting anything about Rose and her communication with Yasmin while she was away, right? Because she had been gone for two days, but she never once talks about how, oh, I spoke to Yasmin on this day, 
Oh, I spoke to Yasmin on the 15th. Oh, I called her that morning to make sure she went to school. Oh, you know what I mean? Like that type yeah. of thing. I thought that was odd. You know what I mean? And and to me, that that to me, in my opinion, that spoke volumes about how she related to Yasmin. You know what I mean? There is a lot of um of Rose saying that, you know, she really loved Yasmin. She really cared about her. She would uh at one point she talks about how she would um follow Yasmin when you know Yasmin didn't take public transportation. But when she did, Rose said that she would follow behind her on the bus just to make sure she would was okay. And Yasmin never knew. And like I'm not saying that's not true, but that type of overprotectiveness of a child doesn't align with then you leaving that same child for two days while you go to a casino and you seem to have very little, if no, contact with the child. Yeah, that's crazy. The other thing that makes that kind of adds to the fact that you, that I assume that she didn't have contact with the husband is that she says, um, in response to the boyfriend's her boyfriend calling her and telling her about the door was that oh she didn't get that she didn't get the call or the message or whatever because she was having trouble with her phone or she wasn't getting a good signal you know what I mean so that sets up the whole idea for me that then yeah she wasn't calling Yasmin I also don't have any information that Yasmin had a cell phone right this is 2008 so she would have had a cell phone we had cell phones in 2008 this is not uh, 1988 2008, everybody had cell phones. But I don't know, I don't see anything about Yasmin having a cell phone. Uh, and so how much her aunt was in contact with her during that time um, is something that I question. And I think that, you know, it's just, it, 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 it like I said, it, it just, it goes to my whole theory about you know, how much Rose understood how vulnerable Yasmin was. You know what I mean? The other part that's a yeah. shame is that had DeMarcus not been kicked out and he was still living there, he would have probably been still living there at the time, she wouldn't have been alone. You know what I mean? And somebody wouldn't have been able to kick in the door and abduct her. Um, but unfortunately, you know, he had been kicked out just, you know, a few months before this happened. Yeah. Um, before we get into the few questions and comments I, I saw, and I did see some on YouTube. So um, if you're commenting on YouTube, um, we see your comments and um, we appreciate you um, for being a part of the conversation. Um, did you have anything else? Yeah. So I just wanted to, um, I think that in this situation, Jimmy Terrell Smith is is um, a huge red flag. I believe that everything that we learned about him and his inappropriate relationship, if we can call it that, with um, Yasmin, um, is is something that makes me believe that yes, that Jimmy Terrell Smith has way more information than he has uh, yeah. given to yeah, the police. No, yeah, that's no good, man. I mean, the situation we, is Yeah, no that's good. just no good. Like, come on. Like, that, like okay, so we have a, a person who has now pled guilty to rape, um, rape and kidnapping. 
lived in the same building with a 15-year-old girl who has been missing, who is now missing, and that we know he knew her, had taken an interest in her, um, was giving her inappropriate attention. Other people saw it. All of those things. I thought about how, you know, he would have maybe, how he would have known that she was there essentially alone, that the boyfriend was the only person there, that her aunt wasn't there. Because if you remember from listening to the story, Jimmy comes to live with Rose in her duplex because his father is already living in the duplex because his father and Rose were longtime friends, family friends, their families knew each other. The other thing is, is that if you listen to the story, the part where we, where I talk about how um, he gives her a beer at a party and and is seen stroking her hair. Well, that's not a party of uh, um, from Yasmin's family. That's not Yasmin's family party or Rose. That's Jimmy's family's party. Okay, so this is letting you know how close they are to Jimmy's family. That they that that Yasmin is at a party at with Jimmy's family because uh, from the reporting they say good. that he she was at a party. Um, that the Hawkins were were holding, and Hawkins is his father's last name. So he was, she was at, you know what I mean. So that lets you know. So, so my thinking is that he knew that Rose had gone to Elgin to do the casino and wasn't home, and right. that's why he took that. It wasn't just random. He didn't just show up there thinking, oh, let me take my chances. He knew that Rose was not home. He had found out. Somebody had told him. They all family friends. They all, you know. And so he knew that she was there. This is my assumption that he knew. You know what I'm saying? My opinion. Um, but I do think that that he has the answers. And he has said that he knows what happened. I just think that the, the reporting from um, the Chicago Tribune about this takes place in 2011. So this is, a long, this is actually a long time ago when you think about it. And yet and still... No one has been charged. It's been 15 years since Yasmin went missing. Wow. And there's no there's no information. There's been no movement on her case, even yeah. with all of that. Wow. Uh, you, the, the things that were so significant about her case were the fact that the police made the decision that she was a runaway pretty much immediately, didn't collect the padlock that had been broken, didn't dust for fingerprints, um, just, you know, completely yeah. botched the yeah. initial part of this investigation. And, you know, it's so, it's it's crazy because that is what is the norm. You know what I mean? Like, that's why we cannot in any way be jaded by the Carly Russell story. No. You know what I mean? Because that's not the norm, y'all. No. Like, if you- It's a one-off. One yeah, like, you guys, you know, and I'm not even talking to you, the people who are listening to this episode unless you were listening for the first time. You guys who are, or, or you know, in with us and do this with us every week, you, I'm not talking, you guys yeah, know. Yeah, I know what's going you on. You know what the real is. You know that this is not common. You know that this is a- a very, very, very rare situation, a very, very rare thing to happen. You know that what happened to Yasmin and how her family is dismissed and ignored and, you know, is is the was what is common. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but in Yasmin's story particularly, we have um 
a series of failures. There Man. are multiple layers and levels of people who just completely failed this child. And that is the frustrating part of her case. The sad part, of course, obviously, is the fact that she has not been found and nobody knows what happened to this 15-year-old girl. But the frustrating part is, is that it was very much preventable. There were very, um, there were there were many points in this situation that had someone um, made a different decision, Yasmin would not have been vulnerable to what happened to her. So, you know, that's that's all, you know, I kind of wanted to say. But I think that, um, you know, the whole Jimmy Terrell Smith thing is is the um, is the is is the biggest piece of this puzzle. And I don't know what it has taken police um, so long to be able to charge him and, and, you know, so, but yeah, that's, so that, you know, that's it. That's pretty much it. Well, I mean, um, it's just something to, uh, another story to keep in mind. Yeah. Um, how people can, um, just vanish and you, you never see him again. You yeah. never see him again. So I mean, um, not one of the women that I have reported on or told a story of that have gone missing have turned up. Okay. Not one. Not one missing woman have I told who just showed up on her front doorstep and was like, hey guys, I was abducted. Not 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 one. Every one of them is still missing. Or or they've been found dead. That's it. That's just it. I yeah. have not told one story of one missing woman who has showed up. Not one. Every single one is still missing, or we've found out that they have been murdered. Yeah. So there's that. <laughs> um, I'm just gonna go into a few comments. Um, and I mean, I guess you could f- reflect. Tell me what you think. Um, this is from YouTube. Uh, <laughs> it says I hate the mother and aunt. <laughs> um, some other uh, unpleasant stuff. Um, the aunt wanted to check is what I wanted to focus on. Uh, I didn't understand that. Did you? Um, okay, did- so um, I, I think they refer to like so when you usually, and I don't know if that I think I don't I think that stops at adoption. I'm I'm sure it does, but when you foster children, usually they're um, and 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 I don't know if this is in every state, but in in some states, I guess, maybe every state, um, there's usually some type of payment that goes along with fostering the children to kind of supplement your income. So if you have foster children, um, there's a, a check that is associated with with the children. You know what I mean? Um, okay. Yeah. Um, there, there could have possibly even been, depending on if Yasmin had any diagnoses or anything, you know, social security type benefits. Um, you know, yeah. So, yeah. But that's what they would mean. And I think that once the children are officially adopted, there is no more, there's no payments for that. But I think in the, during the foster, like during the foster care process, like when you're fostering the child, um, there's some type of checks that are given to foster parents. Okay. Um, uh, good answer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um uh, this is a on Instagram, mm-hmm. and it's just a comment. Uh, it says, in my opinion, any child reporting missing by the family should be considered just that, missing. 
Um, if the family call and say, I need to report a runaway, then that's different. Let's use a sense of urgency for all children uh, when they're reported missing until evidence proves otherwise. Yeah. Um, so. And here's the other crazy part, right? You know, go ahead. I'm sorry. What are you going to say? I was going to say, um, that's kind of, I read that comment because that's just the sentiment of yeah. um, uh, both kind of, both stories. Yeah, no. Were, I, we're kind of covering today. And, and, and <laughs> my thing is, is that that's exactly true. And the reason why is because children are not allowed to just be missing. You know what I mean? Like, you're not an adult. They're not allowed to just be gone. They're supposed to be under the care of a guardian. And so even if they are missing because they left, they still should be found because they're not allowed to be missing. What are they doing? What are they doing? Yeah. They're not, you know what I mean? Like, these are children. There's curfews. There's, you know, there, there's... They're they're under a legal guardianship of their parents until you're 18. Unless you've been emancipated, you are under the guardianship of your parents, just the same way that uh, parents can be held accountable for not taking care of their children through yeah. neglect and and all. You know, children are not just allowed to be missing. You have an eight year old who's not home. That's not okay. Well, my eight year old's not here. Well, you know what I mean. And even as a teenager, a 15 year old is not an adult. They cannot just be missing. So. Yes, if a if a family, if a parent calls and says my child who was under the age of 18 is missing, those are automatic, you know what I mean? Um but I personally believe even like I said, <laughs> even um taking in the Carly Russell situation into account, I still believe that every missing person should get attention because you do not know. So we don't get to just make a decision about, oh, this person is not really missing. If the people who know this person best are saying, hey, this is not like them. This is odd. This is off. This is strange. That's something that needs to be taken into consideration because there's no way to know what's really happening until that person is found or not. You know what I mean? Like, So I still believe that... Um, when someone is reported missing, we should believe them. It, it, there's nothing about this, you know, I'm going back to the Carly Russell. There's nothing about this situation with Carly Russell that will ever make me not believe that someone is missing when someone says they're missing. That's just me. I'm going to yeah. believe it. Like, my thing is, especially with the platform that I'm building and and all of that, if, if I see it and someone tags me and I see it, I'm going to share it. I'm not going to question, oh, this might not be real. Oh, this might not be a real missing. That's never... Because that's not my job. Yeah. That's not my job to make that judgment. My job is to share the information. And if they're found, thank God they're found. Even in the Carly Russell situation, I'm glad Carly Russell was not dead. I'm glad that she wasn't abducted. I, I'm i I'm sad that she, whatever is going through, like I said, went through all of this stuff and did all of it, whatever it is. But, you know, I'm not... Um, not happy that she's alive and, and well and safe because yeah. that's important. Whatever the girl going through... I'm happy that she's alive. And it's important for her family. Yeah, her mom and dad is she happy. She has a whole family. No matter you know what, what I mean? She has a whole family. And whatever, like I said, and whatever the um, outcome of all of this, um, she will have to deal with the circumstances of that. That's something that she, we don't have to deal with the circumstances and the outcome of whatever this is really about. But she does. You know what I mean? And she will for the rest of her life. She won't, one day we, we will eventually forget about this. We will all... It'll all go into the back of our minds and we'll, you know, 10 years from now. But she will always remember this and so will her family. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that's 
that whatever has happened, like I said, in this situation, um, it's 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 definitely it it it, it will change her life forever. Regardless, the trajectory yeah. of her life will now forever be different, and a lot of people in her family as well. But anyway, all of that to say, at the end of the day, your girl's still going to always believe a missing person. You know what I mean? I saw somebody who um, shared it on. Uh, it was a tweet that Shade Room shared, and she said, "You know, I'll, I'll never um, be ashamed, or I'll never be ashamed for believing black women. I'm always believe a black woman is missing. That's just me. I'm always believe that she's missing until you tell me that she's not. And if you tell me that she's not missing, okay, cool. On to the next because there's another one missing. You know, the thing about it is for every Carly, like you said, there's a there's a there's a hundred Kajeras. Uh, 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 there's you know what I mean. Like yeah. there 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 there's this is not over. We're not. I'm not done. I was like, no. oh, well, Carly's not missing. Okay, like no, okay, Carly's not missing. Cool. Now I could put my energy into something else. There's always something else. You know what I mean? Unfortunately, sadly, it's just always. Um, someone who needs who needs our attention, and I'm gonna be always be the one who's gonna share it. Whether I get uh, three million views on a video like with the uh, Carly Russell, or I get twenty two thousand views, doesn't matter. It's gonna get shared. Yeah. Well, um, I know everybody appreciates um, the platform, and we appreciate um, people for supporting. Um, Yes. Black girl gone. So any any last words? No, just I I I concur. Thank you guys for um always supporting Black Girl Gone. Thank you for, you know, elevating the podcast and um, you know, sharing what we're doing here at Black Girl Gone because, you know, we're just trying to share these stories. We're not trying to, you know, do anything else but bring attention to missing and murdered black women and stories that need attention. And make the stories like, you know, how Carly Russell's story went viral and all of those, and everybody was sharing it. I just, I want that to happen when, you know, when we do really need it. When when, when Black women are missing, because it's happening all the time. Um, you know, like I said, if you aren't familiar with uh, Kajeri Frasey, um, I shared her story on Instagram. Uh, you can Google it. There's not been a whole lot of information about her case but it is one that needs a lot of attention. It needs our attention. Her family wants to know where she is and what happened to her. Um, so, you know, if you come across that information, just please let's let's share that. Let's make that go viral. But that's pretty much it for this week. Uh, this is um, there was a lot going on, and so thank you guys for um, sticking with us and listening to us this week. Of course, we'll be back next week with a brand new episode. And then we'll be back um, with Afterthoughts again. Uh, So thank you guys so much. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.